It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who's in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat, blood, who errs, who comes short again and again, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who, at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold, timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. These are the rules of the arena. Welcome, everyone, to Rules of the Arena, episode 28. Uh, this episode is made possible by Blind Ninja Studios, where you can find this show and others such as Department of Offense, Homebrew Bound, Soundwave, and Legends of Lothos. We are also brought to you by Duck Hill Workshop, a small-scale sawmill and builders of fine furniture. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram, both at Duck Hill Workshop. And don't forget to subscribe to their YouTube channel, where you can watch episodes of Workshop Wednesday and In the Shop with Ben and Glenn. This week, I am joined, as always, by my super producer, Casey. I hate the as always there. <laughs> I feel like that's patented. So, uh... No, it's not. <laughs> and Ben couldn't make it this week. He's having some car issues. So Steve, who is co-host of my other show, if you haven't checked out, it's called No Show Left, or No Story Left Behind, excuse me. <laughs> oh, No Show Left Behind. Is that your new thing? I don't... We're doing a I'm second I'm not producing that one, too. <laughs> Uh, more importantly, we are joined by Katie, who's the owner and founder of Lilacs and Bicycles. Thank you, Katie, for coming down tonight. And, of course, your husband, Lauren, is here as well. Uh, please introduce yourselves a little bit for those listening at home. I don't know how to introduce myself, so I am uh, Katie. I... Gordon, we rotate that. Sorry, this oh, is this oh. some. Um, uh, so rotate the mic a little bit. Unfortunately, you can't talk into the head of it. you oh. got to talk into the side. <laughs> the last one, I saw it move, but I didn't yep. know what was wrong with it. Okay. There we go. Perfect. Yay. Oh, much better. <laughs> okay. Well, this means I actually have to listen to her. <laughs> well, I uh, feel like Careful that's your problem because you married her. <laughs> no, 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 no. I did Sign choose that. <laughs> I believe it was I who made the choice. You're the one that asked. So. I feel like there were two choices made. Yes, yes, yes. If we're going to really get into this. <laughs> <laughs> And you both may or may not may have, have fucked proper. up. I don't know. <laughs> Either way, the result is you're probably going to get stabbed at some point. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, life happens. <laughs> doesn't everything just end in a good stabbing? I don't. Right. I mean, who doesn't want to get stabbed? If your name's Caesar, night? you know. Uh, <laughs> et tu brute. <laughs> Like I said, Katie, you are the owner and founder of Lilacs and Bicycles. Uh, what made you want to start your own business? It originally started where when we were going to have our second kid, paying daycare costs wasn't... The amount I was making at the job I was working wouldn't cover daycare. Plus, he was out to sea, so our older ch daughter was going into kindergarten, but then it would have been having to find shifts that fit into that very small couple of hours she was at school without having to pay even more money. So it was, well, I'm going to quit corporate and make things when I can. And Just so we cover all the bases here. Out to sea doesn't mean, isn't like a euphemism for he was just off somewhere. He's, he's <laughs> in the Navy. Yes, he is in the Navy. <laughs> Active duty Navy, stationed on board a ship. And when the ship leaves port, I'm out to sea. It was, well, and at the time, because of where he was stationed, he would come home Friday night, Saturday, and leave Sunday. If they were in port, 
if he didn't have duty. Those were the three days we got to see him. So having something I could do from home, be there for when my daughter came home from school, take care of the baby, it just made sense to do it that way and still be able to help pay, usually for my coffee, is yeah. what it started off as. That's Coffee's how you sold expensive. it to me. Yeah, That's how you sold it to me. You wanted coffee, so how are you going to get that? I'm sure you still buying the five pound bags of Death Wish. Yes, we, we still buy a five, get a five pound bag every other month. I, I love that shit. It's alternating, <laughs> alternating so between good. the Death Wish and the Valhalla, so that way you get to mix it up. I thought it was bad. It lasts me six months, but every other month, Jesus. Yeah, I go through a lot of coffee. <laughs> uh, so, how long have you been in business now? Uh, officially, I believe about three and a half years. And where did you first come up with the name Lilacs and Bicycles? Lilacs and Bicycles, when I was trying to come up with the name, a lot of people would do like Katie's sewing thing or something along the lines of what you make. I wanted to give myself the opportunity to change and if I got tired of making this, I can switch over to this without any big issues and I was trying to come up with something meaningful. And my grandma had passed the December before and I just kept going back to life here and up north and going over to my grandma's house or grandma and grandpa's house every spring. My grandma had lilac bushes and she'd bring the lilacs in and my grandpa, he fixed up bikes for people and resold them. So a lot of kids from our hometown ended up getting their first bikes from him. And it was just the quality workmanship that goes into that and the love and I decided on lilacs and bicycles in honor of that and that mentality. So what what did you first start out with making? You kind of said you wanted to make things in your spare time. Uh, originally, it was sewing, cutting out designs in fabric and sewing them to shirts. And initially just baby clothes because a lot of the baby clothes where they're the iron-on or the vinyl, it's you wash them, but you can't dry them, or you can only wash them or dry them at these temperatures, and life is messy. You should have clothes that hold up to that, not just, well, I got one wear out of it, and that's 50 bucks down the drain. Well, yeah, you, you sent us uh, three onesies, I think, I believe um, after Quinn was born, uh, and the one you did custom was like the, the female Jedi with the purple lightsaber, and we we put it on her. We went. We, I think we went to Como Zoo that day, and like we took some good pictures. And like ten minutes after we took the pictures, um, she just shit everywhere. And it got all over the onesie. <laughs> it came out eventually, but uh, no, they're it, it's a they're like they're great, really really good quality. Um, yeah, and she she looks great in it. So my youngest is wearing it now, but she's huge, so she'll probably be out. She's 99th percentile for height, so she'll probably be out of that. And I don't know a, a heartbeat. Week. Yeah. <laughs> well, and another thing, I, I do remember you always talking to me about how uh, for, for our daughter, when she was born, we were able to find a whole bunch of cute things, things that, that were not just, oh, that's all girly, but it, it was cute stuff. And then when our son was born, we kept on trying to find something cute. And it was very hard to find something that was cute in, in, in our style and in, in, in what we liked. So she started coming up with her own ideas and wanted to throw those in on there and, and make cute stuff for boys because it was just so hard to find it. Have you always been artistic or was this kind of a, well, I'm going to come hell or high water, I'll just teach myself? 
Well, one, you know the answer to that. <laughs> but for those listening that haven't for, known for you for too long. For those listening, I've known the, those two since high school. But yes, I had done a whole lot of drawing, painting, art, and all that in high school. Once I was in the Navy, I didn't. I didn't find the time between schedules and then kids and then his schedules. Once I got out, I had stopped drawing, painting, anything. When I was working corporate, I worked at Macy's. When you're in the kids department, your entire job is basically to sit there and fold all the stuff. And I'd be sitting there looking at all the stuff going, I wonder if I could do this. I want to make designs, but I'm so sick of seeing the exact same patterns every year. So I'm going to try to make my own. I have no idea how to do that. So, well, my grandma taught me to sew beanbag squares together when I was five. Let's just try it. Did you do any, like, uh, I guess, tutorial videos or anything like that before jumping from beanbags to no. onesies? The, the first one I made, I literally hand-stitched everything and then stitched it down to by hand to the bodysuit and just went, well, that did not turn out the way I was expecting <laughs> at all. And then we had another friend who she got pregnant. I was like, well, I've had time to think on this. So maybe if I try this instead, but I knew nothing about crafting or sewing or anything. So I'd go to the store and look, be like, well, I need something to stick the fabric to the bodysuit. So it keeps it still while I'm sewing. And I'm going and looking in the fabric section. Well, that says glue. Glue's sticky. Let's try it. <laughs> and therefore, like the tutorial videos really don't work with me because I don't know the proper names for 90% of what I have, it's I use my own terms. So they're saying they're going, well, you do this type of stitching. Yep, you lost me. <laughs> okay, I have, a, I, I have a theory. I'll try it. So then where do you find yourself finding your inspiration for new designs or new creations? Sometimes it's random stuff I come up with. When I was first starting, I had messaged pretty much all of you guys that I knew and said, well, what would you guys want to see on baby clothes? And one of our buddies had put, said sharks. And at the time, all I could think was, I, there was are it so Kevin? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, there's so many sharks on baby clothes. I don't want to do a shark. And it, I wrote down everything. <clears throat> and I have it on a whiteboard in my workspace. And I had seen it. And then I started just going, do, 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 do. So I made a bodysuit where it goes, do, 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 with the little baby shark on the front and then right over the butt. And it has really, really big letters for do, do. <laughs> and I remember you made a awesome. uh, onesie for JJ and T's kid uh, with the Reno logo on the front of that. And that lasted him all of like two days before he outgrew it. <laughs> oh, that's the problem with kids. Well, for a yeah. second there, I thought it would last him two days before he destroyed it. No, like, no. He, well, he was, he was small there, and I was kind of worried because he's my meal ticket when he goes to the NFL. <laughs> but, and all of a sudden, he just skyrocketed in the last six months. So when you first opened up your business, I mean, why did you choose going with an online store, and why not try to go with a physical storefront? A lot of it is upfront costs. Getting just the money for a up store or even doing craft fairs and stuff. You want to do a craft fair, you have to pay up to like two, three hundred dollars for your table for the weekend. And you hope you make enough sales to cover that cost and some profit. For It's also, I don't people well and I'm really awkward with talking people, which is why this is going to be fun. <laughs> So doing it online, it allows me to, I can read their message and 
figure out a response that would not be offensive because I spent a lot of time in the Navy and with you guys. <laughs> We're very PC. What are you talking about? We're just on a show called Department of Offense. Nothing offensive was said. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Well, and on top of that, she also she likes to do custom work. Somebody gives her the, she's got her base designs, and then whenever it comes time to, hey, I like your design, but can it possibly be this color or that color? You go to a craft store, you have a, a, an actual brick and mortar store. What you see is what you get. You can't. It's so difficult to actually ask for customized stuff and are you did you build your own website or are you going through a host site like etsy or shopify or i I use etsy and mainly because there's all the tax rules change so often that there's now i think it might be up to 10 or 12 states where it used to be you order something online from a different state the person only collects taxes for the state they're living in that's it now these other states have said well no if people are having things sent online here, we want the taxes from those sales. So now I would have to figure out how to collect the taxes for those 12 different states and then remit it every month or every quarter, or whatever their specific rules are. Etsy does all that for me. So then I don't have to. That's really nice. That they, they do every state that automatically requires it, except for your own. So I, yeah. I, I still had to learn Florida's laws, but Florida, that's... Does, Florida doesn't really have laws, so yeah, I feel like <laughs> well, that's not that bad. For, for the no, tax Florida has too many laws, <laughs> and that's why we get to learn about all the Florida men. <laughs> no, I remember um, I started selling things on eBay, not as like you know, not really a shop, but just like, hey, I've got all this shit I don't need. I'm going to sell it on eBay, and that that tax thing is a legitimate question of course i you know i just don't really pay attention to it to well, be and at honest first, but... at first i didn't even know about it it was one of those i learned as i go and also i was like oh yeah th- this is a thing you have to do okay now do you have to make a certain amount because i know with ebay it was like you have to like make a certain amount before they really like start looking at you so it was just like i'm not selling that much so the odds of them ever coming after me are slim fuck it but do you like do you have to make a certain amount before they like really care about those taxes or is it just like if you're you sell something for five bucks they're like no we want our money honestly i'm not positive when the states would come after you but i figured i would figure it out because i don't want to risk the states (laughs) coming after you fair enough did you i mean why did you go with etsy did you look around at other hosting sites before choosing them uh honestly i think it was my little sister because i had been talking to her about opening the business and she's like well look into an etsy shop What's Etsy? I, I had no clue. And then she's like, well, from what I've seen, that would be the best place because they cater to handmade, custom made. And there's some other platforms that are now starting to come up and do the same thing, but they're not as well known. So you pay the fees and not as many people are shopping there. I mean, do you find it easier going through Etsy to find you know, new customers in the beginning and now do you have repeating customers coming back to you versus if you had to build your own website and do all of your own marketing? To me, yes, because it, I, I don't do well with social media. I just, <laughs> my, my Instagram is literally, hey, I had a thought. I'm going to put it up here and let you see it. <laughs> that and the electronics yep. don't like you. 
Yes, electronics hate me, so that would not be a good thing. I touch 90, 90% of electronics that I touch, which is why I haven't been touching any of this. <laughs> I appreciate it. And, and yet you were an AT in the Navy. Yes, I, I did electronics in the Navy, but I think the electronics passed the word that I like doing the drop test a few too many times. Well, you know, going back, you know, you said you're not great at social media. I mean, do you are you able to track where people are coming in from your shop? Like, you know, X numbers from social media this amount is coming from Etsy Etsy does have a it lets you view where your viewers are coming from or at least the platform so they have a social media part it typically is half my views are coming directly so it's people t clicking on my links people typing in the website I've given them and then the other half is the mix between Etsy and usually there's like four from social media because I'm not good at social media <laughs> Probably I'm just really bad at hashtags. <laughs> I mean, does Etsy do any in-house promotions for you to help promote your business or others for that matter? What Etsy has, it's called promoted listings. So if you ever go to Etsy and you're looking, they'll have a spot where it's an ad or ad randomly mixed in. And it's the sellers pay to have their listings bumped up on the list so they're more likely to get seen but it's kind of a double-edged sword. More people are seeing you, but if it doesn't exactly match, or there's some people who have the idea, well, it's an ad, it's not what I was looking for, they won't even glance at it. Because most of us, when we see ads, it's, well, if I click on that, I'm gonna have to pay something. But in actuality, it's the reverse. You click on it, I'm paying for it. And before you launched with Etsy, I mean, did you do any research or look, uh reading books or anything like that, that kind of the how-to, if you will, for opening a store via Etsy? Or was it just kind of, well, I'm open now. <laughs> it, it was a, well, well, I'll figure it out as I go. I, I honestly had no real idea what I was doing. It, when I first opened it, I think I had maybe 10 designs up there. I sold two things in the first eight months. Partially because my titles were horrible, my pictures were horrible, <laughs> and it it's just been a step-by-step, step, okay, well, that didn't work, so figuring it out as I go. And do they have any like customer service that you can call and ask questions directly to? That They have customer service if you're having a problem with their website and that type of stuff, but... Very good. I, well, I'm just curious because I used to have a website with Squarespace and they had the... 24 7 chat and half the time i mean it took a few minutes for them to actually respond but half the time i'd be there like asking questions and realize that i just didn't look at the right fucking thing and oh there it is well and they what have else is new? for that they have a seller's handbook which does kind of just give well if you are trying to set up your taxes here's roughly how it should be set up if you're trying to set up this part of your shop here's and a lot of it's from other sellers who have written these articles. So you can go through and browse marketing. And I briefly glanced through most of it and just went, this is taking too long to read. I just want to make stuff. We'll figure it out. Could you contact other sellers through Etsy and just kind of bounce ideas off them and see what they're doing? Or the, There are groups that they have set up within the site itself where you can sit there and talk to each other i haven't figured out how most of them work so every <laughs> once in a while i'll go in and click on the tab and just nope i don't understand back out 
and you mentioned, you know, trying to figure out the taxes with other states, but as far as shipping your orders to those other states or even other countries, I mean, how much assistance did you get from Etsy or how much did you have to go and figure out and set up on your own? Originally, I was trying to figure out the cost and doing everything on my own. And then I I realized they have shipping profiles you can create on Etsy. So if you're like when I just had the bodysuits for the babies, typically one would weigh about this much. So I'd input the size of the package, the weight of the item, and it will automatically calculate the shipping cost for you that the customer sees. So that way it's done for you. You really don't have to do anything else. It just inputs it and you are good to go. And you, you know, we talked about the sales tax of other states. I mean, have you sent any orders internationally? And I mean, is it tricky to figure out, I mean, Europe, for example, their sales tax and are they collecting from you or is it just kind of a, a wash? Originally, I just did within the U.S. because I was terrified to try to figure out customs because I have never filled out a customs form. I have no idea what goes on a customs form. And finally, I was like, well, I'll try it, see if I get any international sales. Worst comes to worse, I don't. Or worst comes to worse, I do, and it goes horribly, and after that, I shut it back off. But through Etsy, when you get an international order, they fill out 99% of the information. You have to put in how much the item cost and a brief description, which if anyone ever wants to end up at an Etsy shop and you sell bath bombs. A, a tip of advice, do not put bath bomb on the packaging slip. That was a big thing on an Etsy seller's Facebook page a while ago. Her packages all kept getting stopped at the borders. Can't imagine why. Apparently you're supposed to put like bath fizz. No, since you now you have tried shipping internationally, I mean, how many orders or have you gotten any orders coming in from overseas? I believe, because I have a map that I color in for every different U.S. state and every country, I believe I've had eight orders go to different countries in Europe, one go to either Jamaica or Puerto Rico, I don't remember which one, one the island in the Med where they have all the offshore banking accounts and movies. Cayman Islands. Yes, one go to the Cayman (laughs) Islands, and then one go to Australia. And... You know, like we said, you know, dealing with taxes in states and then with other countries and everything. I mean, did you have you tried hiring an accountant or have you been doing all that yourself or any research into how to? The the state so far for the states, the only taxes places I've had to collect is for Washington and Florida. Luckily, both of them have fairly good guides when you go to say, yes, I need to collect taxes and apply for your license through them. And then when you go to Washington was amazing that theirs was literally a step-by-step walkthrough of you put this number here, you put this here. If this is more than this, then you need to do this. Florida, it's took a little bit longer to fill out, but it's most of it, you can find the information online. So I collect the taxes, I remit them and it's not a big deal with the federal taxes, but we, go to H&R Block, but, and that took a little bit for me to figure out what exactly, or what information they needed. So uh, for the last couple of years, you can see, well, the first year I just gave them 
my numbers and they're like, okay, we need to know how much you spent on supplies, how much you spent on shipping, how much you spent on office supplies. Oh. <laughs> well, luckily there's only like six orders and six things I bought. So it's easy to figure out. So then the next year I would split these things up into this. And then the next year, well, it'd be helpful if we also had this separated so we didn't have to find, okay. So on, you can, there, there's been the progression with that, just figuring out. And at one point they're like, well, there's a, a course you can take online. I, I, I don't, I'm not good at reading and listening. I just want to make things. <laughs> I mean, are you tracking all that in for your expenses and income and all that yourself? Or can you do that through your storefront you know, or the, the backside for you rather? That they offer Outlook business, which does track it all for you but you have to pay for it. And I tend to be cheap when it comes to what I'm going to spend <laughs> to make my life easier. So I literally have a three ring, ring binder and I sit there and by hand, write everything down, calculate it out. And then I've built in safety checks where I double check all the numbers as I'm going to make sure everything's adding up the way it should. Because I'm old school and I break electronics. So putting it <laughs> on a computer seemed like a horrible idea. So, now that you've you've said you've been open for three and a half years, uh, you know what are some of the bigger challenges that you've had to overcome? One of the biggest challenges is just finding time, because especially as the kids have gotten older and my ideas have gotten bigger and more complicated and complex. So it's trying to balance. Okay, I, I really want to be working on this, but I really need to be taking care of the many humans. <laughs> And going back and forth, part of it's just as I've been growing, it's trying to find like around Christmas time, trying to find the right processing times where I'm getting these orders. Do I have time to make them? Because a lot of people expect, especially the shirts, to be iron on. So if I put it takes me two weeks to make a shirt, nobody's going to buy it because they can get an iron on one in a day. So I've had to shorten my processing time. So most of my shirts, if I push myself, I can get them done in a one to two days. But then when I start getting six orders in at one time, it's, well, can I get this one done before that one? This one has a longer processing time because it's more complicated. So I'm bouncing back and forth. And now that I've added in woodworking, it's going from the sewing room to the garage. And in that order, because otherwise you drag sawdust into the sewing room. <laughs> Is there an advantage uh, where you're sewing on everything versus the iron-on? I mean, does the, the quality of the material, is it going to last longer? Well, it's when you iron something on, it's a heat glue. That's what activates it and holds it on. So you wash it in high heat or even cold, doesn't matter. You throw it in the dryer, things start cracking, things start peeling off. And if they're really good quality, they don't at first but eventually they start cracking the design starts fading falling apart since everything is cotton fabric i can sit there and go well what colors do you want or i have a shirt and a customer wanted a blue and teal dragon and she was trying to explain the purple she wanted but there's so many different variations of every color that i was saying there i was like okay how about this if you you will have your phone on you this saturday i will go to the store and I will pull out blues and teals and just send you pictures of them. So you can pick the color it is that you're actually looking for. You can pick the, if you want it printed, like I, she went with a purple flower dragon. Cause the idea of a purple flower dragon just seemed fun. 
but you sew them on and some of my shirts I've been wearing them and washing them for three two years since we moved to Florida and I have like 12 shirts that I wear so it's been worn and washed a lot and that there's still no that it looks the exact same they don't fade it doesn't peel it's I, I use an adhesive to put the pieces on which is iron but then since I stitch over everything it's not going to just fall off that the fabric would literally have to be shredded or cut for it to come off and for the, yeah. I mean you've got some of you got some of her onesies how how well are they holding up compared to other onesies you had were that were they're silk screening they're still together and they haven't started peeling off so I'd say Pretty Try yeah, figure throw him in here. He's no, no, no. <laughs> he said he had a couple of them. Yeah, I, we we have um, three. I think you sent us a couple of the owl ones, which are awesome, and then the uh, the Jedi one. And yeah, we have a lot that, especially our dryer in the apartment we're in right now, is just like I don't know what's wrong with it. I don't know if it gets too hot, but it's just is like ruining some of our uh, some of our baby clothes because they are you know that that silk screen or. Um, uh, iron, iron, iron iron on and they they start coming off but those those have held up really good so, and, until she grows out of them that's, that's <laughs> yes <laughs> we, we can't stop that change to having like toddlers and kids and eventually adult shirts because yeah that they last longer i mean do you put a surcharge on when you're going to the store and you're sending pictures you know the, the above and beyond extra service no 90 or not 90 percent of the time i like the challenge so if somebody is going to come and or contact me and say, well, I really like this design, but could you do it in these colors? I like having that challenge. It makes it allows me to do something different. So it's not just the exact same thing over and over again. I get the variation. I get to see the design that I originally made almost have a different life because different colors make things look different. So I love going out there and sitting there going some lady had wanted a Carolina blue because her son was going to college in North Carolina and she's like well it's this color so I went to the store and she's like well you don't you really don't have to go out of your way I'm like no I, I have my lady at the store and she knows me and <laughs> what we I go there and we talk and she'll help me find the colors because I go there so often and like you know Christmas time you're saying it, it's busy time for you I mean do you put a cap on your orders that can people or uh at least put a warning out there that I am backed up. Please give me some extra time. As I'm going, I can change my processing time if I need to. Typically, I won't because I like trying to make things ha harder <laughs> on myself. Everybody. Yes, I <laughs> make say it. Please, happy. everybody. Yes, I want to make everyone Please, everybody. Seeing Facebook posts at 4 a.m. I haven't gotten to sleep yet in the last 48 hours. <laughs> Pretty much. But it keeps me busy. And it's, like, it's like what you said, just throwing your thoughts out on social media. Yeah. Yeah, so that a lot. <laughs> no, that's that's a valid question though, because we've um, I've bought things on Etsy around Christmas time, and it's like, hey, this is gonna take like a month. I'm like, oh well, shit. I guess this is an after Christmas <laughs> present. So that's happened the last two years now. You'd think I'd learn and buy things a month ahead of time, but mm, no. creatures of habit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we are guys. I mean, we can't. <laughs> I mean. I'm known for, you know, my dad will text me, hey, your mom's birthday, did you get a card? Yep, as I'm driving over to Hallmark to go buy a card. <laughs> do you run any promotions off your site? And do you, you know, like 10%, uh, 20% sale, whatever the case may be? And do you see an uptick in customers' orders at that time? 
I, I have set up sales and run sales before, and it's just really hit and miss. And one of the big things that they're doing now is if you favorite an item, or if you put it in your cart, the seller can set up, will automatically send a however many much percent off coupon to them to be like, hey, you know, come back, <laughs> hit, hit, hit the buy button. And do you see people turning around and buying them from that? I, I've seen a couple and it's one of those people. It, it's the people who favorite thing and they have, I think the most I've seen is 60,000 favorites. They're not going to come back because it's the browsing mentality where you browse and you favorite. But if you have 60,000 things, chances are they're not going to remember, well, that there was a thing. <laughs> People who have had smaller numbers of things in their favorites list, I have seen them turn around, come back when it, that their favorites was just a bunch of this specific theme, but that coupon hit and all of a sudden it was like, okay, click. So it all depends on the customer's mentality and what they're actually doing if it's shopping shopping they're more likely to come back if it's browsing because there's a lot of different things on etsy being in small business i mean time is well, it's literally your money i mean would you say it's worth your time to go through and send that you know that little extra percentage off or do you just say whatever i need to go and fulfill the next 10 orders well for that one it's I pay Etsy 10 cents for every coupon they send out, but they do it automatically. So I'm saying they're going, it's 10 cents. You can have it. Even if it's not getting me a huge return, it's getting me a couple more right, it's and it covers cents. the cost and then some. So, but that way it opens up time for me to be doing work or kids, which is kind of interchangeable. <laughs> Designing new things. Well, that I usually do at four o'clock in the morning because I don't trust myself <laughs> sewing or using a saw at that point. Kids are a job. They are. In and of themselves, yes. Now, speaking of new, new designs, I, so you start off sewing, you've recently added into the woodworking. I mean, what kind of projects are, do you have coming down the pipeline now or what have you added to your store since you first opened? Well, I've... I think currently I only have a couple different wood projects. I've been playing around with a new idea of making epoxy and wood stained glass because as we've covered, I have small children and I tend to be accident prone. So breakable and lead just doesn't seem like a good combination in my house. It's great for kids to put it hair in the chest. I think it, that that's something else. Who wants that? <laughs> Well, and, and then some of your other more recent wood, wood projects you've actually come out with where you've, you've got that wolf does a geometric cutout, a um, couple of wooden pendants. I mean, you started off just doing applique on shirts, and since you've increased it to the wood, those are some of the things you, more recent things you've came out with, and they've turned out wonderful. Oh, you've most recent project and I was kind of picking your brain a little bit about it was the uh, the military grave marker if I'm saying that right it's a heart for the wall not a grave marker no the, the oh, silhouette the one battlefield cross yeah that's what <laughs> that's what I was looking for <laughs> yeah 
Civilian. <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll learn you up sometime. That, that's where I was getting confused last night because you kept saying it's grave not worth marker. The I'm saying, I don't know what you're talking about. Battle, I said Battlefield He'll forget Cross, it I swear. Anyway. If, if he wants to continue with his other podcast, he might want to learn something. I'm, I'm that, compiling a dictionary for myself why to reference. He convinced me to co host it. Yeah, we need Steve for that one. <laughs> <laughs> so every other word isn't. Uh, what does that mean? Right. One more time, but in English. <laughs> Well, that's one I was looking at, and we were kind of poking. Have you thrown that up on the shop yet, or is that still kind of in the... That That's still in the hopefully to be completed soon, because that's going to be the biggest of the stained glass wood things I try. But my little sister convinced me to start small, so I don't pour like a gallon of epoxy and have it leak everywhere in the garage, which <laughs> might get I, me I, shot. It definitely gets you in trouble. So I'm starting with like a small three inch project first before I move to the 12 like foot long, just over a foot wide. That and you just got the epoxy shortly before we came on vacation. So it would have been a bad idea to try and figure out epoxy. And then all of a sudden we leave for two weeks. (laughs) Our, uh, Our first epoxy project was this table. That was a mistake. <laughs> it looks good, though. Yeah. It looks good. You can see it on the side. So <laughs> yeah. It's epoxy. Hey, it, it builds character. <laughs> There's a slight learning Doing curve. the project or? Yes. Okay. I've been learning every flaw in your project and being like, oh, everybody's going to see that one, huh? <laughs> Happens. And you're the only one who notices, like. <laughs> Unless you work in the paint industry and you can. Point, pick out those little things. I, I'm just yeah, but gonna, nobody listens to you, Gordon. So I'm just sorry. not going to point it out because uh, <laughs> I, it, it looks good nonetheless. <laughs> Over, overall, it looks good. The little flaws just you know right. add the character to the table. So, being in business now three and a half years, if you had a chance to you know rub a magic lamp and go back and maybe change one or a few things that you did, that looking back on it, would you? Probably not. It's all been learning so yes i took the very long way around with some of it because i refuse to watch videos and stuff because i have enough children yelling at me all day and telling (laughs) me what to do i don't need videos and some of the videos watching them probably would have sped up the learning process but everyone learns their own way and i learn by doing things and screwing it up and then doing it again and hopefully screwing up less and what are some of the biggest or bigger rewards that you found owning your own business? And like you mentioned, you'll get to stay home with your kids. A lot of it is like our daughter who's nine. She'll see, she has seen and knows the work I'm putting into that and that it's not just fun. So she'll sit there and she's, well, I want to be an artist and make things like you do. And then she'll stop. But that's a whole lot of work. <laughs> Because you're constantly having, you you stay up late and you work on these things so that you can do things the right way and just, she's seen the worth ethic at home, which she she knows, like, he works hard. But all she sees is he, he leaves and then he comes home. It's missing the actual seeing the work. So she's learned that. And one of my biggest rewards is when people are happy. So getting to make something that somebody loves and will last 
longer than a week, it makes me happy to be able to do that. And with your daughter being nine now, and I know your son's younger, it, does she help at least kind of police him and make sure he's not causing too much trouble while you're trying to get work done? Or do you still have to keep the, the mom's eyes in the back of your head on? It's you keep the eyes on because she's nine, but he's three. So half the time she'll help and then half the time she'll start helping. And all of a sudden you just hear, leave me alone, <laughs> coming from the other room and it's drop everything or what did you do with a the crash? Then you drop everything faster <laughs> and go find out where they're hiding, which half the time it's somebody threw a toy. But I'll... It, when he's at work, I'll have the door to my sewing room open, so then they're typically in the playroom right across the hall, so I can just kind of push my chair back and lean over and go, just stop, stop, you're good. You play with the blocks, you play with the Legos, we're good. Do the typical dad thing, just like, hey, hey. And the, I just go back to work. The, 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 that, that happens just sometimes, too. I mean, when do you find time to woodwork, then? If you're using power tools, I mean, it's not always easy to hear anything that's going on around you figuring it out during the summer still hasn't happened because summer break happened right before we came out here what i had been doing is when i'd go out to the garage to go woodworking i'd bring our three-year-old out and set him up in the driveway with chalk and i had the table turned so i can see him as i'm cutting everything and i just learned very quickly you had to yell at him and say hey loud noise before you turn something on he'd stop and cover his ears until the saw shut off, and then he'd go back to coloring or playing in the sprinkler. But if you didn't warn him, there's a loud noise coming, he takes off running, and you have a 50-50 shot of if he runs for the front door or if he runs for the street. <laughs> so you had to give him that warning. I mean, you know, living down in Florida, you move down there away from home. Do you have any friends or family, at least, that could help you out with babysitting or anything like that to try to open up more of your schedule? What we have a couple of friends who have watch the kids occasionally a lot of times it's just i'm stubborn and i had children and therefore they're our responsibility to take care of said children so it's i find time to just work around and family's all up here so well my little sister's in texas but that's still an eight-hour drive to drop off children (laughs) and seems a little bit excessive more importantly, uh, if folks want to check out your work, where can they find you on Etsy and on social media? On Etsy, it would be www.lilacsandbicycles.etsy.com, and Lilacs and Bicycles' first letter is capitalized. On both Facebook and Instagram, it's just at Lilacs and Bicycles with LAB capitalized, because I tried to keep it the same. Unlike somebody who had like 10 different things set up at it one was point. like four. <laughs> uh, but, and for anyone that's listening out there and they're thinking about starting their own online business or their own, uh, maybe they already have. I mean, is there any advice that you could offer them? One is if you make something and you like it and you think it will sell or you would buy it, go for it. There's a lot of people who it's, well, I don't know if my stuff's good enough and what what can I improve on this? The worst comes to worst, it doesn't work. You're out a couple of months and most people usually start it as a hobby anyways, but give it a shot because you never know. There's so many people who like so many different things. And the other thing is it's going to be work. 
and you're gonna have to put in the time and all that and it's worth it in the end but there is work and it's not instant there's a lot of people where i've had my shop open for two weeks and i haven't had a sale what am i doing wrong (laughs) you've been open for two weeks it takes time to get seen and you have to be having the right keywords and seo and you just have to put in the work and if do you care if anybody listening they want to reach out to you and this kind of shoot you some questions maybe if we didn't cover anything tonight they want to ask you feel free i i like talking to people as long as i can read it before i have to (laughs) spit out an answer unless it makes uh involves making lists yes do not ask me to make a list i don't like making lists well thanks again katie for coming down on the show taking time out of your vacation lauren thanks for coming down as well really appreciate it um Thank you for, again for everyone for tuning into this episode. And if you'd like to stay up to date with future guests and episodes, uh, make sure to give me a follow on Facebook and Instagram along with Vero. All of it is under Rules of the Arena. Rules of the Arena Podcast. Rules of the Arena Podcast. Excuse me. And make sure to follow the show. Yeah, I believe in you. <laughs> Been a long words, day. Words are hard. Make sure to follow the show on Twitch where you can tune into the show and join the conversations live. Just head over to twitch.tv slash rules of the arena. You can find this episode and all others on Blind Ninja Studios slash ROA. Also available for download and streaming on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, CastBox. And make sure to go subscribe to the YouTube channel where you can watch old live recordings of earlier episodes. If you'd like to support the show, there's a couple ways you can help out. Please uh, head over to iTunes and drop a comment and a rating on there. It really helps me out and others find the show. And if you're listening on a different platform and they allow ratings, please make sure you go do that. If you'd like to support the show directly, head over to patreon.com slash rules of the arena podcast where I have a little tip jar set up. It's if you just a buck a show, that's all I ask for. Thanks again, folks, and we will catch you next time.